This podcast is made possible by BetterHelp. Are you having trouble with your life? Is the stress of shopping for the holidays a bit much right now? How about the all-consuming dread of family coming over for Christmas? Well, you ain't alone. Better Elf is here to help you become the elf you were always meant to be. You can speak to a licensed therapist at a time that's convenient for you. They're around when you're sleeping and even when you're awake. Every single day, even on Christmas. Ain't that a gift? And right now, for listeners of this podcast, you can get 12% off of Better Elf. So why wait? Have high elf esteem and discover the best version of yourself with Better Elf. This advertisement of satire and Better Elf is not a real product. If you need mental health services, reach out to a licensed professional or call 1-800-662-HELP. This program contains talk about criminal activity and may paint a not-so-flattering picture of one of your childhood heroes. It even includes a few cuss words and may not be appropriate for your youngins, so you might want to earmuff them or send them outside to play. Thanks for listening. heard that right, Santa Claus. My name's Richie Buck. I'm a pest control technician, carpenter, sometimes wise man in my church Christmas program, and as unbelievable as it might sound, I'm here to save Christmas. This is an Ear Cult production brought to an association with Crawl Space Media. Santa may be a criminal. A 12-part Yuletide investigation. And this is the first day of Christmas. A partridge in a pine tree. It all started almost a year ago on Christmas Day when a story fell into my lap hard like a fat kid on a mall Santa. You see, my cousin had a life-changing experience on Christmas Eve. It was that damn bird. That's Rodney Dale Murphy. He's my mama's brother's son. Rodney and his wife Linda live on a 12-acre plot of land. Some would say it's in the middle of nowhere, or BFE. Around here, we just say it's in the county. He'd been outside our bedroom window since Thanksgiving, just a-chirping and a-chirping. And shit, it was Christmas Eve! I could tell the incident was still fresh on his mind. Anyhow, I wanted to get to sleep so Santa would come on and bring me them camo waiters I'd asked for. I'd been real good so far, too. No rest or anything the whole year. It was no secret in our family. Rodney was a troublemaker. He'd had his run-ins with the law. He almost expected to call at 2 o'clock on a Saturday morning. He'd have to go to the jail and bail his ass out. 
But he was right. This year, he'd been good. Or, as Santa had reckoned, he was on the nice list. Rodney offers me a cigarette. I refuse, but he lights on up. Makes me miss the days I used to smoke. <laughs> Anyhow, <clears throat> we'd had a little shindig that evening. Linda tucked the kids in and realized we didn't have no milk. I was like, shit, what do we do now? I mean, we had the cookies. But you ever try to eat one of Linda's peanut butter cookies without milk? I had, and he was right. It was damn near impossible. It was like if quicksand got in your gullet. Why didn't you go to the store? I wish I could describe the look Rodney gave me after this question. It was sort of a cross between, you're kidding me, and what planet are you on? Then, you know Gators is closed after 8 on Christmas Eve. Besides, neither of us should have been driving anyway. Not that that ever stopped them before, or any of us for that matter. But I ain't here to throw coal. Anyhow, Gators was a legendary store in the county. How's it going? Any maters up? And home of the best damn fried maters you ever ate. Thank you, y'all. I'll be back for beer in a little bit. Unfortunately, where there's fryers, there's smoke. And where there's smoke... It burned down four or five times, only to rebuild bigger and better with more fryer space than before. But that's when I had the idea. Rodney leads me over to a red and white cooler, one of those textured feeling ones that stay on front porches in the south. Like if you pick it up, there's a perfect clean cooler shaped rectangle next to the rocking chair. That thing's seen better days, ain't it? He opens the lid and wham! I'm slapped in the face by the smell of hooch. The strong stuff. Took a few seconds for my eyes to stop watering, but when they did, I was able to see what looked an awful lot like pink lemonade. I knew it wasn't, but I also knew exactly what it was. Hunch punch. Want some? For you rich kids or Yankees out there, hunch punch is what us rednecks like to mix together to get a hell of a lot of us drunk on a weekend night. It's a mixture of grain alcohol, fruit bits, juice, and when it's made right, it'll sneak up on you and pull your drawers down before you even know it. Want some? Damn it, I did. But I declined. Partially because it's 10 a.m., but partially because I don't know how long this particular batch has been sitting on this particular porch. But Rodney? Rodney takes a drink. Ooh! Make you want to tongue slap your mama! In case you haven't noticed, Rodney's an interesting fella. It's like I was saying we were out of milk, and I didn't know what in the hell I was going to do about that. Gators was closed. So were all the other stores in a 30-mile radius, but I didn't want to upset Santa. So I got an idea. I had plenty of this left over. Rodney goes on to tell me that since he and Linda were out of milk on Christmas Eve, they decided that Santa could probably use something a little stronger than dairy by the time he ended up at 19 County Line Road. We call that Southern Hospitality. I join him in a couple of nearby wooden rocking chairs, and he explains how the rest of the night unfolded. He'd fallen asleep in this very rocker. Then... It was that damn bird! The bird, as I learn, is a partridge. He'd seen it nesting near the top of a 75-foot-tall pine tree, 
at the edge of his woods. Which was weird. Because partridges don't fly at all. Maybe they can climb now. I mean, things change. And every time I threatened to shoot him, Linda would pitch a hissy fit, tell me we couldn't kill a partridge during the holidays, that God would punish us, and Santa wouldn't come. That's crazy. He'd come. He'd just get a sack full of coal. Maybe that bird had a death wish. If he did, he found a hell of a good spot. Well, the bastard woke me up on Christmas Eve. So that's when I decided it was over for him. Apparently, when that partridge and that pine tree woke him up that night, Rodney figured Santa would be none the wiser. He'd already seen on the local news that NOAA, that's the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Association, not the dude with the ark, was tracking him across the Atlantic. Ain't no cell reception out there, he reckoned. No way he'd get the late addition to the naughty list. He'd suffer it for next year. When I figured Santa wouldn't know, I grabbed my 12-gauge and I marched my happy ass right outside. That's when I seen it. What Rodney saw after the break. It came from behind those trees, over yonder. My cousin Rodney Dale Murphy's telling me about the unbelievable experience he had on Christmas Eve. It's the whole reason I'm telling you this story. He's pointing out across his backyard past the rusting hull of a baby blue Camino to a straight line of planted pines. Sort of looked like our high school marching band ready to play Hey Baby on a Friday night. See, I walked out here and stood... I guess I stood right about here. What time do you think it was? I don't know, 12.31. Anyhow, I aimed my gun up at that tree right yonder. Wasn't it dark? There was that look again. You know I got flashlights on all my guns. Besides, I could hear him flitting around up there. I was going to end him. Didn't give a shit what Linda'd say. Then it appeared. It? Mm-hmm. You can't see Rodney, but he's looking out over the tree line. Cigarette trembling between his lips. I've known him since I was born, and I can tell. He's telling me the God's honest truth. Okay. What did it look like? Well, it was like a bright red light. For a second, I thought it was just the hunch punch catching up on me. Then I thought it could have been a star. But it got closer. Then closer. He trails off here as if he's trying to access an incomplete memory. Then I woke up. Woke up? Yep. You know how long you'd been asleep? Asleep? I wasn't asleep. They knocked me out. My head hurt something terrible. My ears were ringing. It was like those little bells they put on horses in the beer commercials. Could they have been the bells that sometimes end up on reindeer during the holidays? Are you trying to say it was Santa knocked me out? Could it have been? Nah, I don't think so. I just seen an unidentified flying object. You thought it was a UFO? What else could it be? Before I go on, there's lots of us that think there might be aliens out there. And I guess a UFO is not that crazy of an assumption. It was Christmas Eve. Could it have been Santa? You think I wouldn't know Santa if I seen him? I could tell Rodney was losing his patience with me. We were cousins, but we hadn't really been close in years. I had to try to get the interview back on track. He led me to his front door. 
I come inside here and I notice a few things ain't like they're supposed to be. First of all, it smelled like nutmeg. And I hate nutmeg. Second, I noticed that our stockings were full. Slap full of charcoal. Like for the grill? What else could I use it for? But joke's on Santa, I needed charcoal. I'd just run out. But as I looked around, I realized there were other things that weren't right. Shit was out of place. Looked like we'd been robbed. There were also some broken shingles on the floor in front of the fireplace, so I went outside. That's when I saw what absolute hell my roof had seen. I grabbed my phone and called the sheriff. I'm Sheriff Bradley Dewberry of the Scriven County Sheriff's Department. Sheriff Dewberry is a towering man, the kind who looks like he was either predestined to be law enforcement or the kind that was supposed to spend time on the inside. He has a thick salt and pepper mustache spread over a tanned face, square jawed and solid. He looks like he could easily thrive on either side of the law. You know why I'm here. I do. And you don't mind me recording? As long as you don't mind me recording. He points up at a CCTV camera in the corner of the room and I realize where I am. The green metal chair I'm sitting in. The dull beige walls. He was sitting right here, wasn't he? The sheriff nods. I'd obsessively watched that interrogation video, trying to read Santa's behaviors, trying to pick up the cues in his speech, trying to understand that laugh. <laughs> then one day it disappeared from the World Wide Web. Thankfully, before that happened, I saved the videos onto my computer. Still, I had questions. Did you have the interviews removed from the internet? He shakes his head while glancing at my recorder. Then he folds his arm as if he's not going to just hand over information. He expects me to work for it. Alright, nobody said saving Christmas was going to be easy. Can you walk me through what happened that night? I was on patrol near Little Rocket Creek. I always work Christmas Eve into Christmas morning, so at least one of my deputies can stay home with their family. That's nice. We all trying to end up on that list, ain't we? I went on the World Wide Web and figured out how to submit what's called a FOIA request. For those of you who are new at this, that's a Freedom of Information Act request. It allows you to access all sorts of handy-dandy information. Police reports, maps, diagrams, charts, and... You've seen the dash cam. Dash cam and body audio of the incident. What in the H-E double hockey sticks? I stopped the car, got out. Eleven oh eight dispatch. I'm out off county line, mile marker nine, with a signal seventy one. It's a sleigh. <clears throat> sleigh, red in color. Appears to be unoccupied. I ain't joking. It looked like a wooden vanity plate. M R Y C R M S. Mike Romeo Yankee, Charles Romeo Mike Sierra, no tag, and approach the, this vehicle, this, this sleigh. Easy, easy. And that's when my phone rang. Hello? Rodney, when the hell do you want? What Rodney didn't know was that the sheriff was dealing with something a hell of a lot more serious than a slightly damaged roof. Ho, ho, ho.
next time on Santa May Be a Criminal. What exactly Sheriff Dewberry found at the scene of the stop sleigh and how he got a jolly man in a big red suit into custody. Plus, the department's best detective is assigned to the case. And after looking at the first bits of evidence, I have to confront the possibility that Santa may be a criminal. Santa May Be a Criminal was conceived in the Christmas section of a Hobby Lobby in Valdosta, Georgia by head elf Jason Usry, co-executive elves Rebecca Sebastian, Dr. Shiloh Catanese, Michelle Kasuba, Dr. Scott Musgrove, and a few more rogue elves. Stay up to date and ensure your space on the nice list by leaving us a five-star rating wherever your ears are right now. Then go and rate us five stars everywhere else. The show is written by Jason Usry and hosted by Richie Buck. Editing support by Dick Buck. Sound design by Ricardo Buck. Show art by Richard Buck III. Music and sound effects licensed by paying through the nose to multiple royalty-free music and sound effects providers, not the least of which are Epidemic Sound, Motion Array, and Soundstripe. Additional musical contributions that slay by Captain Fat Hands. To check out the cast for this episode, as well as their other projects, visit the show notes and check out santamaybe.com. You can also add people to the Naughty or Nice list by emailing the North Pole at workshop at santamaybe.com. Santa Maybe a Criminal is an ear cult production presented in association with the Crawl Space Media Network. Hey everyone, Jason, head elf here, and I wanted to slow it down for a moment for some real talk. While we're having a sleigh full of fun with the show, we wanted to take a quick moment to recognize an important nonprofit organization in the true crime community. This week, it's an organization that I'm proud to be a small part of. It's Crime Stoppers. Crime Stoppers is comprised of hundreds of local Crime Stoppers programs just in the United States, including my local chapter. Local Crime Stoppers programs are nonprofit organizations led by Citizens Against Crime and is based on the principle that someone other than the criminal has information that can solve a crime. It's one of the best ways to keep your neighborhood safe. Visit CrimestoppersUSA.org to find a local chapter and learn how you can get involved. Catch you next week, and always remember, be nice. Be nice.